think it was like a Time magazine and it had this sort of big front cover doom and gloom expose called The Internet. One of my favourite memories of The Internet was when it was when you had a dial-up modem. Of all the really bad and terrible things that the internet can do, I am grateful that every now and then I can actually read a comic about queer fat men, you know, falling in love and kissing and cuddling. I wouldn't be able to write or get to writing without the internet because I wouldn't know where to, I guess, find an access point. It's helped me foster this really deep love that I have for making shit for the sake of making shit. Wondrous, expansive, mystifying. How would you describe the extraordinary phenomenon that is the World Wide Web? Welcome to the Digital Writers Festival podcast. I'm Izzy Roberts-Orr, Artistic Director. We're excited to announce this year's program for the Digital Writers Festival, our online festival accessible anywhere, anytime, by anyone with an internet connection. Put Tuesday the 30th of October to Saturday the 3rd of November in your calendars and check out digitalwritersfestival.com to peruse what the festival has in store for you. First, we bring you Aurora Digitalis. an ode to our mysterious muse and magician, the internet itself. In this special episode, we hear from six festival artists about how the web has altered and shaped their creative practices. Gemma Mahadeo is a Melbourne-based writer and musician. She is featuring in Building a World in Binary on Saturday the 3rd of November, live streaming at 12.30pm AEDT, as well as Chronic Illness, Disability and Digital Life an episode of the podcast. My name is Gemma Mahadio and I'm taking part in the events Chronic Illness, Disability and Digital Life and Building a World in Binary. I think one of the one of my favorite memories of the internet was when it was when you had a dial-up modem so it would use your phone line and you couldn't make calls or people couldn't call you you'd get an engaged signal and one time at university when I was still living at my parents place I was trying to call home from the train station to get a lift home and I couldn't get through because my brother was on the internet playing a game and I won't repeat what the text reply was when I um, texted him from my mobile phone to say please get off the phone line so I can call mum and dad to pick me up but um, yeah it was just really funny because now internet is um, we've got wireless and well hopefully NBN in some areas and it's just so different now because we can use phones and also the internet at the same time. Uh, I think another thing that's really shaped my creative practice is the fact that I can still work not nine to five and in my own time, which is also super helpful when you have a chronic illness because you can't always work when people need you to work. But it's, yeah, it's really good that way. And I'm also really in love with 
intertwine at the moment because of its capacity to tell narratives that are non-linear and also reminds me of the old school choose your own adventure books um, I've had a few friends that have written games in that style and having a choice in the game as to where you go but it's largely text-based I think is really cool Ian Farm is a digital artist specialising in gentle and optimistic queer comics. You can find him in A Portrait of the Artist in Twine, a project launching with the festival on Tuesday the 30th of October. Hey folks, my name is Ian and I am currently in Melbourne, Australia, but my home is always in Perth, Western Australia. And I was commissioned to do a Twine comic for the Digital Writers Festival 2018 which to say thank you very much for feeding me for two weeks <laughs> um, and uh, I guess I'll be talking about my work and my art and the internet. So there's a lot that can be said about the internet. A lot of it are really terrible things but amongst the good things is that it has helped me realize the importance of my work um, and the importance of art in general. One of the most recent examples is that I made this comic <laughs> called I'm shirtless in this one. It's basically, it literally does what a title says it does, is that I take my shirt off and I talk about my body. Um, I talk about my how other people viewed my body, how I viewed my body. And I wanted to make this comic because I, I haven't been swimming at the, at the point of making this comic. I haven't been swimming in half a decade because I was having this really terrible body image issue. Like I talked about having this crease line across my whole torso right underneath my boobs uh, <laughs> about having a wrong kind of fat body and being the wrong color um, and all that fun stuff i talk about you know the way that you love yourself is through the way that you love other people etc please read my comic anyway <laughs> um so while making it i genuinely thought i genuinely genuinely thought it was just this weird and awkward thing that like I think about a lot, um, but I feel like not. It's like I haven't I haven't been able to read before. Like the one of the main reasons why I wanted to make this comic is because I have never ever seen my exact body type portrayed in you know in media like the thing with the crease line and all that stuff. And this is like I didn't expect the the response that people telling me that they cried reading it, the people who really truly related to it, who were like inspired by it to actually go swimming themselves, to have these conversations with themselves. It materialized a lot of feelings and emotions and thought that people experience every single day, but they don't have the time and resources to necessarily like write down to crystallize it onto the page or ever see it being told at all. They don't really get to hear these specific personal vulnerable emotional stories from people like me, you know, like a fat queer brown dude. <laughs> um, and one of the many good things about the internet is that it has given me a platform to actually tell these stories and for these people to actually find these stories and listen to them. The internet has slowly, slowly, slowly giving disenfranchised voices platforms and giving people who want to hear these voices ways to support them like Kickstarter have been a complete game changer for independent comics um, or even Twitter has been an amazing 
uh, among other terrible things, has been a good way to build um, audiences. Um, or even where itch.io, where I, I host my comic. Mainstream media will always continue to play a really, really big part in our lives, but thanks to this really independent indie scene and communities that, you know, me as, as a teenager would have been able to know the definition of the word queer and to know that me falling for a guy is actually real and <laughs> that's just something I made up in my mind. That's sort of like why the relationship between my art and, my, and the internet is, is that, is that marginalized creators is taking control over their own narrative, narratives, taking control over their own stories. And the internet have given them the tools to, uh, and a platform to, to tell those stories. And it's not like, it's not magical. Of course, it's not magical. Like I spent years and years and years to build this, this network and this audience, but the means are there and it can only get better. Like, and and I can use this platform. I can use my power, uh, my audience, to boost other people's voices as well. You know. And like, of all the really bad and terrible things that the internet can do, and continue to do, I am grateful that every now and then I can actually read a comic about queer fat men, you know, falling in love and kissing and cuddling. And you know, cry about it because I cry a lot. <laughs> and I make a journal comic about it and post it on Twitter or something like that. Um, but that—that—that's. I'm grateful for that part. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Fiona Toomey is an award-winning screenwriter, director, producer, and developer. Find her speaking in The Other Film Festival, Disability and the Screen, which is live streaming at 12.30pm on the 1st of November. Hi, I'm Fiona Toomey and I'm talking to you from Melbourne. I'm absolutely honoured to be hosting The Other Film Festival, Disability and the Screen panel for the Digital Writers Festival 2018. And on that panel, um, my guests will be Caroline Bodich, Emily Dash, and Adi Demanjara. You know, for a big part of my life, I didn't actually have the internet. It may have existed somewhere, but it certainly wasn't part of our everyday life. And the first time I really remember it uh, being relevant um, in terms of um, a storytelling device was when I was at film school um, in the mid-1990s and along with... um, Samantha Lang, who we were both studying at AFTRS at the time, uh, we made a short film called Audacious and Sam was the director and um, I'm just looking up Screen Australia's website now and um, part of the synopsis says, Audacious is a story that deals with the difficulty of intimacy in a world dominated by newer and better communication technologies. And um, that newer and better communication technologies was an early incarnation of the internet. And um, I remember having this, I think it was like a Time magazine, and it had this sort of big front cover doom and gloom expose called The Internet, The World Wide Web, because we just really didn't know too much about it. But, yeah, very quickly within a couple of years, you know, we were using email and kind of connecting starting to really connect a lot more online and um, of course it was very slow because it was all kind of dial up 
the next time I think I really did a creative project that was through the internet was something Miranda, Miranda July did with um, Harrell Fletcher called Learning to Love You More. And um, from Melbourne, I did one of the assignments and I remember sending it via the internet. And then I was like absolutely kind of over the moon that Miranda and her team chose uh, my assignment to be part of that project. And um, I'm looking at it now on the internet and it's still there. So that's at learningtolovemore.com. Um, just recently, I was contacted by Miranda and her team as um, she's doing a retrospective book of all her work and as one of the participants I was asked to send in something to be considered for that book so fingers crossed that'll get included um, for this kind of retrospective of Miranda's work that's coming out in 2019 and like you know the really big thing about the internet I think in terms of for both the screen sector but also very much for the disability sector is that it allows us to have a much more immediate sense of community in that you can connect with people not just in your home hometown your home city but you know interstate and all over the world and there's this great movement really this event that happens on twitter it's called hashtag film dis and it was set up and run by dominic evans um who calls themselves the crip crusader but it's a weekly discussion held on twitter that explores film television and other aspects of media through a disability perspective and it's really become quite a big advocacy tool but also a way to kind of connect and have conversations within a disability community internationally and I think things like that are really exciting and back in the day when I was at film school and the internet was just kind of in its infancy yeah if we wanted to connect in those ways it would have been kind of old school in you know you would write a letter and put a stamp on it and send it via the post office which certainly didn't kind of create the immediacy and that sort of instant um, community that's kind of just there now. Tegan Webb is a writer, zinster, and digital art maker from Melbourne. You can hear from Tegan in the Twine Learning presentation, which is live streaming at 12.30pm on Wednesday the 31st of October. And that's Australian Eastern Daylight Time. Hi, my name is Tegan Webb and I'm going to be part of two events for DWF this year. Uh, Trustful, which will be a creative interactive piece and also a workshop called Lunchtime Lit Twine Learning and I'm going to talk about how growing up with the internet has made me a lover and maker of weird trash art. So I pretty yeah like I said I pretty much grew up on the internet. I remember we got our first dial-up connection just after I turned 12 
and I spent most of that summer uh, kind of wading around in the unregulated swamplands that was the early 2000s internet. Um, I spent a lot of time chatting to my friends on MSN, getting very heavily involved in Neopets Guild forums and uh, just, yeah, hiding from the heat in the air-conditioned family computer room. And uh, so I've been thinking a lot about how spending so much time in that particular era of the internet uh, has informed my creative practice And I guess the main conclusion that I could draw from it was that it's helped me foster this really deep love that I have for making shit for the sake of making shit. Uh, Seeing all the weird video games and and videos and that people were making in Flash and hosting on their own websites, uh, reading web comics created entirely in MS Paint um, and getting really embroiled in fan fiction forums has totally informed my love of experimentation with different mediums and working with cheap or free open source tools that I have no prior knowledge or developed any kind of skill set for. So for the last five years or so, I've been pretty heavily involved in the zine scene, uh, which has given me a huge amount of space to experiment um, and make scrappy, imperfect art. Uh, But it's really only in the last year that I've taken this ethos and applied it to making digital work. Uh, I know that my love for old, weird internet is most likely coloured by nostalgia, but I'd be wrong to call it Uh, I suppose the golden era or the glory days that kind of early 2000s time um, or whatever because there's still so much of that kind of work out there now there are people building and using free tools like twine and and bitsy and tracery and a whole hodgepodge of resources to make these really weird wonderful pieces of writing and art and it's been really freeing and exciting to realize that that's the kind of stuff that I want to be making now almost 20 years since those first summer holidays. Ahmed Youssef is a writer and journalist, and he's co-curating the anthology Growing Up African in Australia. Find Ahmed's work in DWF Cross Gelada's special edition publication, Diaspora, launching with the festival on Tuesday the 30th of October. Hi, I'm Ahmed Youssef. I'm participating this year's Digital Writers Festival, and I'm contributing uh, to the collaboration between Gelada and the Digital Writers Festival my relationship to the internet with, uh, I guess, my creative practice, I guess, like, I wouldn't be able to write or get to writing without the internet because I wouldn't know where to, I guess, find an access point. And I guess the internet sort of shattered that sort of gatekeeper system that I guess has stopped a lot of people from entering the the creative spaces, literary scenes and what have you. And it sort of allowed communities to be created organically and collectively to, to, I guess, figure out styles of writing, ability to sort of have a network of people that 
may be interested in the same sort of things but may not be in the same place. So creating an online community that is diverse in the kinds of things that you also want to write about but aren't in your immediate sort of, whether that be city, country or even continent. And, uh, yeah, I, I think that sort of that sort of helped open a lot of spaces for me, finding people online who can also be happy to help you with your work before you ever enter any sort of like professional setting of or sort of writing space. It's a good way that I guess has helped me to figure out my own kind of writing and where I want to go with it. The Emerging Writers Festival brings you the Digital Writers Festival again in 2018. And you can find the full program live online now. Check it out at digitalwritersfestival.com and join us to listen, learn and play right here in hyperspace from the 30th of October until the 3rd of November. Our theme music is the magical Huntley's Please from their EP, Songs in Your Name. Find them on Facebook as Huntley Music. This podcast was recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We acknowledge that First Nations peoples are the first storytellers of this land and that their sovereignty has never been ceded. We pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging and to the elders of the lands this podcast reaches. Mm-hmm.